VoiceOver Coffee Shop, Episode 9. Welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we share our morning with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. And now, here's your host, voice actor Andrew Morrison. Hi there. My name is Andrew Morrison, and welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop where we start our day with some of the finest names in voiceover. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to visit my personal website at www.voicebard.com. In this episode, we have coffee with my dear friend, Jun Yoon. Jun is a bilingual Korean-American voiceover artist with over 20 years of experience in acting, directing, producing, and educating young and upcoming voiceover artists. He has also been the trusted voice for national organizations from Ubisoft, MasterCard, Blue Mammoth Games, Samsung, Amazon, and many more. In this episode, we talk about working as a Korean-American voiceover artist, how to make your audition stand out, knowing your niche and how to reap the benefits of it, and Korean representation in animation and video games. How are you today, June? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. So how do you take your coffee? Uh, I, uh, in the morning, mm-hmm. exclusively when I drink my coffee, I go flat black. Uh, no creamers and sugar substitutes in the world can replace a nice, strong black coffee, in my opinion. I can. That's why I'm drinking bourbon now. <laughs> <laughs> so you started with a, um, a bachelor's in theater education, correct? Uh, almost, as a matter of fact, that's a almost. story as well. <clears throat> okay. Uh, loved, absolutely fell in love with acting in high school. Yeah. Um, as this, as this immigrant kid who wasn't very good at English and with the aspirations of, I can't speak very much. I guess I'm doing computer science like the rest of the Asian kids. Um, it was an eye-opening experience and a moment, uh, that I could find a, a community to which, to which I could belong and where I could be creative and loud and energetic and all the things that I wanted to be, as well as all these other characters that lived in these scripts. It was liberating. So I knew like right off and then that somehow acting, I wanted acting to be in my life for the rest of my life. I'm one of those fortunate people that that have discovered happiness at such a young age. And of course, graduate didn't have done so many shows in high school and, and learned and went to college to and declared a theater major with the intent of becoming an actor and director. And in my third year in the university, third year, uh, <laughs> I had a moment of revelation as well. Uh, one more, one more time where I was really struggling with this, uh, with this duality of, of living this immigrant life where I wanted stability, uh, a house in the suburbs with a couple of cars in the driveway. I really wanted that st- stable American dream life. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to like continue my relationship with acting, with theater and creative expression. And working as an actor, as you and I both know, mm-hmm. stability isn't quite in the, in the same congruent uh, universe. <laughs> a very volatile industry, right? So. <laughs> I had to make a decision back then, um, and the decision that I came to, and the the self, the happiness that I could come to the re, uh, realization thereof was teaching, 
And by then, I had like written my own play, directed so many shows, both in high school and college and professionally and all these things. Um, and that pivot, if you will, to education, not only, will it, not, not only did it allow me to provide a stable American dream life, um, it also allowed me to stay very much in touch with the, with the creative side. Mm -hmm. And I found so much joy in teaching that I stuck to it. Not, not, not only did I stuck to it, I had to change my major from theater BA to English BA, because back then there was no such thing as theater education degree. So third year in college, I had to change majors to English and that piled on two more years of English classes that I had to take to get that degree. And I was doing like 20 somewhat units every semester and it was probably the most stressful i drank a lot and i smoked a lot in those few years <laughs> but i got through it um with a with an english with, a, with an english degree with my teaching credential in theater and and i started working and all these years 11 years later like i have zero regrets about that decision in my life um having having taught like countless countless number of actors and students who have gone gone out of my program to be who they are now where they are now um i i derive happiness from knowing that that i had a hand in their creative expression to developing who they are as human beings as they go into adulthood uh, in under colleges and stuff like that at the same time like fostering my own creativity in teaching and in directing and producing as well as acting because make mo make no mistake teaching is definitely an actor's job <laughs> right to an extent so is that the kind of teaching uh, that you're doing is um is act acting classes right so today I, I continue to teach and work with various voice actors in that in that realm uh, focus very much on the character acting, um, the fundamentals, all the stuff that, that I used to teach on a daily basis that I have a, a degree and a credential for. And as it turns out, it's, it's super helpful to a bunch of people. So I'm happy to offer, them my, offer my service as a teacher in, on, in addition to my services as an actor today. <laughs> so what does your character development process look like then from, from a teaching standpoint? Um, it's a healthy balance of artistic development as well as logistic development. Okay. Um, something that I that I state on my webpage for coaching is that the the distance between uh, an aspiring beginning actor who have just recently discovered, hey, this is kind of cool. I want to explore more into it. Right. I'm calling myself an aspiring actor to the professional level if you will, agency representation, union, and all these things, is rather vast, very, very far apart, right. which takes years of continued work and persistence and marketing, not only on top, above and beyond the artistic, artistic abilities, we need marketing abilities, budgeting, scheduling, networking, content creation. There's so many other facets of working as a voice actor. And, and while I, probably could take a talent and and like help that person rise to wherever they need to go um artistically i stop with the fundamentals because that's my expertise that's what i know the fundamentals of acting and everybody know you and i both know that voice acting is more than just having a voice it's the acting right. underneath that supports the voice the tools that we use in the booth 
<clears throat> in the studios. So my aim from, from a very artistic point of view is to strengthen that foundation. And if they don't have that, to establish that foundation, really find out who they are as actors and as people and, and really figure out what they have to contribute to this whole industry as a whole. Um, while being a person, while being an actor, and really try to hone and sculpt who they are and what they bring to the characters that they that they speak. So, more de in more in more detail, it's got it's got it's got a lot to do with Stanislavski's uh, uh, ideas, Uta Hagen's processes, and I combine all of this into an analogy called the Swiss cheese. I I, I, I hesitate to call it a method because it's really not a method. Right. It's more of an analogy, really. Um, Something that I talk about is is Romeo and Juliet. Um, who, who doesn't know Romeo and Juliet? Everybody knows Romeo and Juliet. Right. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And at scale, if we think about it, that's a lot of Romeos and a lot of Juliets, Friar Lawrence's and Mercutio's. And you and I can probably agree, and anybody who's watching and listening can probably agree that every single one of those Romeos have been different. Mm -hmm. Um because the actors who play them are different actors, of course. But what we have to recognize that it is that Romeo, the character, on those pages doesn't change. Those words, the age, the setting, the, the conflict, the story, the plot, none of that changes. Shakespeare is dead. Rest in peace. But he's not coming back to change these things around. That's written on paper. That's Swiss cheese with a bunch of holes in it. And our job as actors is to analyze and identify where those holes are, how big those are, how many there are, and fill them, fill those holes with our own cheese. Like Romeo Montague is a real person in that universe. Right. Right? He's not some random fake person. He's a real person, Romeo Montague. And much like how Romeo is a real person, I'm a real person, and you're a real person. And we are also our brand of cheeses, Andrew's cheese, with your own stink and texture and smell and taste and stuff like that. And depending on which portions of the Andrew cheese we scoop out to fill those missing information holes with, like, do you know what Romeo's shoe size is? No, I do not. <laughs> I don't, right? <laughs> uh, do you know what Romeo's favorite food is? Um, no. Do we know... Do we know what kind of hair products Romeo used to use when he wake, wake up in the morning? We don't know that, right? But, re but he's a real person. Right? Right. He would know those things. Those are missing holes, the Swiss cheese holes. And we fill those with the authentic information we have about ourselves. I'm a nine and a half shoe size and I use just water for my hair. And I use that information to insert into those holes to make that Swiss cheese more uh, infused with my own stink, if you will, right. to create this June Swiss Andrew Swiss cheese. And it's that fusion of flavor that we bring to the Swiss cheese to create this unique triangular full block of cheese that we present on a silver plate in the form of an MP3 uh, that the casting directors will take a bite of and they'll either like it or they'll hate it. <laughs> but, I, but I think stinkier and the more colorful, the better, generally speaking. And if they like the fit, if they like the flavor, they like the smell, they'll put you on display and make you sign an NDA. Right. <laughs> I guess. Right. That's artistic, like fundamentals of what I teach. Uh, logistically, the business and the marketing, demo production, uh, social media, marketing, content creation, mm -hmm. 
website design, networking, all these things are of course play a part in in this balanced travel journey, perhaps of a, of an of an actor, and that's what I try to instill and create a foundation thereof, and and launch them off with that so that they know uh, what to do. It's, Pragmatically speaking, know what to do with a copy script analysis, breaking it down into beats and answering Uda Hagen's questions and how does it relate to me, da, 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 da. and to take that further with someone else. And, and I do, really do mean someone else. I have referred already so many people to the, the wonderful coaches that I know. And I've yet to hear a complaint about, thanks for referring this guy. Uh, he's terrible. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet, which is probably a good thing. And right. I'm sure the coaches that I work with that are on the upper echelon um, would love to take in beginning actors and, and really show them the way from the beginning. Um, but I've been, I've, I've heard great feedback from, from those people on what I'm doing. I'm essentially preparing a brand new raw energy of a, of a talent and an act and shaping and making it shinier, perhaps and presenting, delivering that talent to a better coach so that they can take them to an even greater height to, to make the, to fill the rest of the gap, if you will. Um, that's what I offer. <laughs> that is probably one of the greatest analogies for the voiceover process that I've ever heard. And not just because of the filling gaps portion of it, but also because it, you're not gonna turn Kurds to Swiss overnight. That's fantastic. Okay, so now when you are presenting your own cheese stink to potential clients, how do you be more pungent than the competition? Uh, I rely, rely heavily on who I am and what I have to offer. Uh, my uh, one, one big thing that I, that I push with everyone, my stu students and colleagues, everyone I like, is the idea of having self-awareness mm -hmm. about who you are. I mean, how can, we, how can we possibly portray another people, another character, if we don't know who we are, right? right. We have that baseline, perhaps. And just touching on the Swiss cheese thing again, if we don't know where to look to scoop and what, how big or what shape of the cheese to fill those holes with, then we're not going to be efficient at creating that hybrid cheese. Um, but coming right. out of that, for me, I'm well aware of who I am. Uh, my philosophies, my principles, what I have to offer. Uh, and, uh, and I'm very much uh, aware of my voice, what I bring to the table, the archetypes that I can realistically and authentic authentically portray in the character realm. Um, uh, it's kind of going back. I, I'm, I'm fully aware of who I am and what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, a really great example that I bring in, the, in these conversations is my accent. Um, it's not as noticeable or, or apparent as some other voice actors who are from that country, from that region, from that culture. Um, I've lived here since I came here in 94 when I was 14 years old. Okay. So my accent uh, development in America is slightly unique and eclectic to an extent mm -hmm. where my English is very much West Coast American standard LA delivery with a tinge of something in there. Mm -hmm. uh, pe most people can't exactly pinpoint it. Uh, but when they see my name, they go, oh, that's Korean, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, uh, there's just not that many Korean speaking professional level voice actors. Uh, 
uh, in any any market. And Korea itself is a market, absolutely. But the the voice actors there don't speak English because they're Korean. They live there. Uh, either that or their English language level is not at a, not at a place where they, can, they, they where they can negotiate with global clients. So mm-hmm. I am fully aware of my position as a bilingual Korean voice actor, and I know that I, I know what I'm capable of. Uh, so I use that as a leverage to market my services. Uh, like I know for sure that I'm not going to book any I'm not going to book any Ford commercials or or Chevy commercials or explainer videos for the military. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna book it. And I know that until my accent goes away, which is not going to go away unless I try, I guess, but that's later in the future. <laughs> but I know that I'm a shoe-in for diversity training. It's not a it's not a bad thing. I don't look at it as a uh, that's the only thing I can do. It's what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. It's it's what it's a good fit. It's a fit. As a matter of fact, the whole diversity and inclusion movement by various HR companies around the world have been on the ups, ups, uptick, if people didn't know. And diversity training requires uh, voice actors or characters who are of diversity so they can talk about diversity and inclusion training. And I've seen, I've seen an uptick on e-learning and tutorial and other media where they require an authentic, natural-sounding bilingual people with accents. which is another reason why 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 i got the uh, international voice actors discord started i run a a discord server filled with um voice actors from around the world whose language is not english primarily and i'm in contact with actors from china japan vietnam russia to netherlands to france to brazil to Africa, it's, and it's phenomenal how connected we all are. Mm. And just to, just to know that there are other voice actors who are working in the trenches, as, as, it, as, it, as it happens to be, right. from all corners of the world who have these really interesting accents and their native languages to offer. And again, my goal to educate and to aware, to elevate others as I, as I aim to do. Um, has been super fruitful for my own needs and my own philosophical needs, I guess, for my own happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's really um, uh, rewarding to see the IVA, International Voice Actors, IVA group, grow to what it is today. And they're booking things left and right, and I'm so proud. <laughs> so what are um, those philosophies that go into um, your voiceover work? And do you uphold... Um, a sort of moral code where you say, yes, I'll voice that, but no, I won't voice that? Um, I am a, um, let's see. So the one thing that I will not do Mm -hmm. is negative, attacky political ads. Okay. I I just won't do it. Um, Personal belief, philosophy, I guess. I don't know. I just, any, any, any creative, creative, any projects that aim to, vilify or to to put down in any capacity of other people and thoughts and ideas i just don't vibe with it and i know that if i try to fake it it's going to come off as disingenuous and i'm not going to give a good performance out of it so i just i already know that about myself self-awareness so i just don't do it 
uh, any religious feel. Um, I'm an atheist, true and true. Um, I just don't think that's a thing. Uh, I don't believe it. And anything, any any projects where I'm required to uh, narrate with a, a directional intent in in the context of religion, it's going to come off as disingenuous. And if I'm a client hiring a voice actor, I'm not going to hire me. I wouldn't. Why would I? And I know that. So I don't do those projects either. Um, porn? I don't do porn. <laughs> I can't. Sorry. I, I don't do porn. Um, <laughs> uh, aside from that, everything is fair game. Um, like, I, I, I don't do pranks. Like, I, I've been approached by, by different producers. Hey, we have a, a prank app that calls other people and leaves prank messages and prank phone calls. Um, that's, that feels, even though it's, like, fun, that feels negative to me, so I don't do it. Um, okay. So there's, like, nooks and crannies and nuances, obviously, but I'm open to a lot of projects and directions, but I'm closed off. Are, some of them are definitely non-negotiables. So then on the other side of things, flipping to a more positive conversation, um, we all get excited whenever um, a voiceover project comes to our inbox where they're like, yeah, we want you. But what are the ones where you just get like just ecstatic where you're like, yes, no, that's, that, that's the kind of project I've been waiting for. That's one where I feel like it resonates well with me, whether it be a message or, an ex or a character. Like what are those projects that you kind of, um, try to market yourself towards? Character acting that are representative of what I look like. Okay. Um, growing up, and, and this experience is not uh, exclu exclusive to my own journey, but growing up, I really did not, really did not see or experience um, anyone that looked like me or sounded like me in any capacity uh aside from caricature and 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 uh satire perhaps uh but i haven't i have not in in my memory anyway i i don't know i'm not aware of anyone that looked like me in the media western especially here in western korea it's different sure because i lived and grew up there but when i came here the idea of an actor or, or a society in general to an extent of what I saw on the TV screen and the movie theaters, none of them look like me. So when projects come along that are characters of Korean descent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm particularly, I, the thing is pinned on my pr Twitter profile. I'm particularly proud and and affectionate of uh, Jaehyun, who is the the fifty the fiftieth uh, legend in the Brawl Brawlhalla uh, mobile fighting game, the platform game. Mm -hmm. uh, the studio reached out to me personally, uh, directly, and said, "Would you be interested?" And I immediately said yes. Um, any not only is Jaehyun a Korean character of the the proper representative of the culture with the language mixed in they said we would love it if you could speak some korean as well in the dialogue right. of course of course so i i worked with the studio to develop some lines for that character uh for the trailer and did various versions in english korean konglish you put 
together, Korean English. And they ended up, they ended up keeping a lot of that in, um, in that video with subtitles underneath in certain sections and phrases. And that video and that project, that role is, is was definitely and will continue to be one of my proudest achievements uh, as a voice actor to to represent Korea and my culture and my identity in that in that ethnicity. At the same time, just to just to know that there are other people, kids, children, youth, whoever it is. That are playing this game and knowing knowing that there's a Korean character, voiced by a Korean voice actor. That that really speaks to me. And um, any opportunity where I can uh, voice a character of my descent, of my nationality, culture, however you want to frame it, um, I jump at it without without that much <laughs> disregard. I jump at it. <laughs> and that was the um, the project that you did with Blue Mammoth, correct? Correct. Correct. Gotcha. So what do you believe embodies um, the correct representation of um, of uh, Korean culture within, whether it's, say, a video game or an animated character? What, what would you believe would be the correct representation as opposed to the incorrect representation? specifically talking about the Korean culture, um, which is right. so prominent in today's media right. landscape, matter of fact. It didn't right. used to, certainly didn't used to be this way a couple of decades ago, but with the explosion of K-pop and Korean media in general, movies and TV shows, mm -hmm. and, and the infusion of the Western culture into that culture as well, which has been increasing this whole time, um, Korea has certainly become a, a very a very pop popular a well known nation and culture around the world. Um, right. When we talk about LG and Samsung and Hyundai, and Kia, people know what those brands are and K-pop groups and 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 Parasite. People know Psy. Ugh, Psy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> Korean barbecue more more happier. Korean barbecue. Everybody knows. Anyway. Right. Um, the proper representation to me. Part of that is the visuals, mm -hmm. the the Korean characters with our facial characteristics, um, clothing, the culture, the colors, the costumes, the traditions, all of the above, the visuals, certainly. Um, but it also, to me, involves um, rituals, practices, uh, customs, perhaps, like I would, I would love to one day, and this is a very far-fetched dream. I would love to one day voice a Korean character in a Final Fantasy franchise. I'm a huge fan. A Korean character in a Final Fantasy franchise who cooks uh, kimchi and Korean barbecue for the other characters. How lovely would that be? My gosh, I. Big food person, Swiss cheese analogy. Where did that right. come from? I'm a big <laughs> right. food person. And uh, <laughs> pursuing, knowing that about myself and pursuing my own happiness of wanting to, wanting to be an actor to create these roles and, and give life to a, a bunch of words on a script with visuals attached. If I can work towards my towards my dream of not dream but towards my intent and eventual goal of using my voice and using my work to create characters that look like me 
and who look like other Korean kids who are growing up around the world, as well as in Korea. Like that, that I would love that. I would love for that to be my purpose in this journey. Um, thankfully, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm fortunate enough to be doing this for a living to pay the bills and live a very happy life here with my, my wife and kids. But like, I would love for that to be my legacy. Um, and I'm working very hard to attain that, to leave that behind as I retire and, you know, sit in my rocking chair and yell at kids to get off my lawn. I would love for that to happen. So what are your goals towards attaining that legacy? The biggest one came uh, last year. I, I signed with RSA Entertainment here in Los Angeles, a, uh, a talent agency and management company. And uh, signing with them was a big deal. I, I literally bawled my eyes out that, that night. Just <laughs> It was an ugly cry. It was fantastic. <laughs> and building a relationship with them and signing with Shepherd Agency in Texas with, with, with them has, was also another great blessing that came uh, in, in near to each other, funny enough. And through those two uh, uh, entities, I've had the pleasure of having access to some amazing content and amazing audition opportunities. And I'm very, very excited about where that's going to go. Um, from here, it's continued push, continue, um, unre un unrelenting effort, if you will, to move forward, to continue to be who I am, to pursue my own happiness and do things and create content and, and teach and, and educate and elevate others while pursuing rep proper representation of my culture and my identity, as well as loving my wife and loving my kids, spending time uh, at home as a dad, which I also love, it gives me happiness. What am I doing? I'm doing all these things, working, living as a dad, living as a husband, working as a voice actor, working as an educator and and these continued, these continued, consistent, and unrelenting effort that I'm putting in every single day, except for Sundays, because I need to rest. So you've been doing this for oh, well over 20 years. What do you believe some of your biggest resources have been along the way in helping you achieve those goals? Um, it really, my direction and my goals and, my, and, my, and, and the reason why I'm here, I guess, today really hasn't been clear until the last, last four years when I started uh, my journey as a voice actor. Um, in the, in the, uh, so I started, I, I started acting in 1996 mm -hmm. as a high school student, fell in love with it and just went all out. And from there, it's, it, it was mostly stage, of course. Um, but absolutely fell in love with it. And having realized that acting is my happiness, of course, I didn't know to label that as my ha happiness back then. Um, but as, as it often happens, the light bulb, the, the gigantic light bulb on top of your head doesn't go off, in my opinion anyway, until your mid-30s, maybe? That's okay. different for everybody, sure. But uh, that moment of clarity... And, and the experienced people, old people, experienced people will know what I'm talking about. Um, that moment of clarity didn't hit me until 2016. 
Like I knew that I was pursuing towards what felt good, what I enjoyed, what was fun, which was theater, teaching, family, all these things. But I didn't necessarily know that that was in fact the pursuit of my own happiness. Uh, it really wasn't until I turned my career to be a voice actor and, and delved deeper into my own self-awareness that I had come to that realization that I had been pursuing happiness, happiness the whole time. Um, so I like to think that, uh, at, at least in my, in my own analysis of my own self-awareness, I like to think that the past 20 years that I've spent on stage, in theaters, on, in classrooms, teaching and acting and producing and directing, doing all these artistic, creative things, um, were subconsciously and maybe unintentionally uh, the pursuit of my own happiness. And now that I look back at it in retrospect, knowing what I know and with that clarity in my brain, um, I'm fairly confident when I, when I, and, and confident to be able to say that I was pursuing my own happiness this whole time. And I really think that that is what contributes to my, my success, my journey, my, my progression. Um, it kind of puts everything into perspective, if you will. It makes sense that pieces are dropping into their places um, after getting all this white hair <laughs> and having that clarity in retrospect. And it's, it's a great feeling because it puts the past into perspective and justifies and identifies and defines what I had done, the life that I led so far. And it really clearly defines and illuminates, if you will, um, the next 40 years. It's a good feeling for sure. And, and I'm fortunate to be, able to, to be able to say that about my own life and my own journey in my own self-awareness. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes <laughs> perfect sense. So with that self-realization, if you were to write a letter to yourself when um, you first became interested in theater from your current position, what would that letter say? I'm, I'm currently working with a number of teenagers mm -hmm. who are, who are gung-ho and passionate and super talented, by the way. Because wow. um, let's back in, back when I, when I was their age, back in those days, <laughs> voice acting wasn't a thing that I knew that existed. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Discord. We don't. We didn't have the VAC. What the heck is Casting Call Club? We, we didn't have any of that. And I, and I like to think that if I had been born in today's landscape and had access to all of those resources that are available now, I really think that I would be somewhere else today. I don't know where that is. I, I, I don't know where that is. I don't have any regrets about my past or my history, of course, but... But I like to think that if I had gotten started sooner in this journey of voice acting, goodness gracious, I don't, I, I like to think that I'll be in a very, very different place for the good, of course, very, very different place. Thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed learning about June's Swiss cheese method of acting and how he built himself as a resource to the young, the different, the bilingual, and the passionate to give as much back to this industry as it's given to him. If you'd like to know more about June, he runs a podcast featuring up-and-coming voiceover artists 
called Voice Actor Showcase. You can also find him at www.voicemoto.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop. For more information on guests, new episodes, and more, be sure to visit www.vocoffeeshop.com.